I have a beautiful masculine candle to my left. <clears throat> you could probably go a little closer. Okay. Fist. Or maybe even like three fingers. <laughs> See, that's that's much closer. My fingers are small. Welcome, my name is Angela Spignese, and welcome to the first episode of the Salsa Soul Food Podcast. I am a health and movement coach, and my intention is not to diagnose or give medical advice, but I'm here to act as a resource and help you through any health problems you may have. And I really want to focus on challenging your, the current way that you think about your health and your healing, and just allowing yourself to step out of your comfort zone. And this is going to be an open dialogue. We're going to talk about um, all things health and wellness, mental health, anxiety, also travel, movement, dance, all of those things. And first, I want to just explain a little bit, a little bit about what salsa soul food means. So back in 2014, I was in health coaching school at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and I came up with this method. And it's basically things that you've probably heard before. So salsa represents physical activity. I came up with salsa because I am a salsa dancer and I previously was involved in teaching and performing, but I wanted to broaden it and talk more about um, just physical activity in general and how that um, that's part of our healing. And then there's soul, S-O-L, and in Spanish, that's the word for sun, and in English, obviously, sounds like soul. And that represents the nourishing activities that we have in our life, maybe drinking a cup of tea, going to a concert, being with your friends. Those are also a huge um, part of our, our health and our wellness. And then finally, food. Everybody knows what food is. But within this method, I wanted to bring up food to talk about intentional eating, knowing where your food comes from, um, maybe changing your relationship with food and not necessarily thinking about losing weight and diet, although that can be a part of it, but just thinking about how to change your lifestyle. So salsa, soul food, it's also showing how these three things, the physical, emotional, mental, and what we're putting in our bodies is all connected. Oftentimes we want just to band-aid symptoms and, and go to the doctor and just get this quick fix. But salsa, soul food is about really combining all of these three components um, to get you on a stable healing path. So now I want to introduce my producer, Mark Damon, and he is the reason that we're doing this podcast because I was starting to come out with the salsa soul food information and health. And so take it away, Mark. Well, I saw that you were getting back on the old Instagram train. <laughs> yeah. You had the handle salsa soul food before. Um, and I wanted to uh, see if you wanted to extend that a little bit. I have all this recording gear at my house. I've got <laughs> microphones for days cables up the wazoo <laughs> <laughs> just wondering if uh 
I could put it to good use. Um, so we are mm-hmm. we're here in the sunny Charlestown, Massachusetts. Yes. In my newly renovated. Oh, studio. I love this room, and he has a candle. It's so great. So yeah. So basically, we were we were talking beforehand about how mm-hmm. it's kind of an attic and it's musty, but you know, I have this uh manly smelling candle <laughs> out into the side. So you know, making sure that we feel comfortable in here. Mm-hmm. Do you feel comfortable? Oh, I feel really. I'm gonna fall asleep. I feel so good. Oh, great! Welcome to Angela. Just gently falls asleep. <laughs> and uh, also, so Mark's a musician, and he's an amazing actor and comedian, and all these amazing things as well. I just wanted to add that. And also, like back in the day when I was doing my in during, I think during or after my health coaching, we did like this whole body cleanse together. Yeah. And Mark's also been like into his his health over the years so as, as one should be as we all should. always and so what is something like what are the things that you're like working on right now with your health or wellness what like whatever it is it doesn't matter yeah so we're gonna get into like the elimination stuff a little later right yeah you but you can talk about it now okay well uh basically basically you started that with me when was that 2015 or 16 okay. i think right yeah you were 15 probably you were, uh looking for a recruiter you were recruiting people to uh try to eliminate certain foods, it's kind. It was kind of like a whole thirty variation. That was around the time where that was getting popular. Um, mm-hmm. And I've done fad diets a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I think two years ago, I did. I tried to do keto. Yeah, and yeah. whole thirty maybe last January. I'm not. A, I'm kind of staring away from that kind of stuff now. Mm-hmm. Basically, all January I did. Um, I, I say I'm not doing fad diets, and then I like I'm about to bring one up. No, it's fine. <laughs> so, so uh, all January I did, uh, and and a little bit into February, February I am doing uh, like intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. like not eating before 11 a.m., not eating past 7 p.m. because I am what the um, doctors call a snacker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the doctors definitely. <laughs> they they look at me. They diagnose you. <laughs> when I come into the doctor's office, they're like, "Oh, you must be a snacker." <laughs> <laughs> so it helped a lot, uh, just basically putting like some guardrails mm-hmm. around it and just saying like, "Hey, like if you want to eat, don't eat at late night." Or um, because once I start eating in the morning, it kind of feels like I'm grazing, mm-hmm. just all day long, eating, eating, eating. So that puts yeah, a little hard. bit of like it into like, "Hey, these are the rules." Um, and trying to eat healthy, not eliminating anything, but mm. just certain foods that I know that I like. I'm a vegetarian. Well, I'm a pescatarian. Yeah, yeah. I'm so used to saying vegetarian because, like, the joke of, like, oh, I thought you were a Catholic when I say pescatarian. Oh, that's, yeah, that's my mom had that joke. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Thank you, mom. <laughs> yeah. Pescatarian's not a religion. <laughs> so, a pescatarian means that you eat feet. Feet. <laughs> 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 you eat fish and also fish and then vegetables, right? That's basically pescatarian. Yeah, so I'll do And you can do eggs. Yeah, I'll do eggs. Okay. I'm I'm a vegetarian who will eat fish, eat fish. as much as it comes away. Basically because like you go to restaurants and mm-hmm. it's it's getting better now. You can always find a good mm-hmm. vegetarian recipe somewhere. Uh yeah. but it's kinda nice. Like if you go to like a fancier place. Mm-hmm. which I don't go too often. I don't know why yeah. I'm saying that. It's it's like oh, you the, do. the fish is like the an entree that you can, can eat. You can often get that, um, yeah. And also, I really like to... So my dad is a fisherman. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Yeah, so that. We'll, we'll go... I haven't actually gone in a little while, but it's so fun to, to go out mm-hmm. into the harbor 
and uh, mm-hmm. bring bring home some flounder. And <laughs> you're ridiculous. <laughs> and we'll eat that, and that tastes so good. So yeah, and it's fresh, and you know where you got it exactly. from. Exactly, like you I, caught it. I don't want to give that up. Mm-mm. As much as my, I have this weird cognitive dissonance about like mm-hmm. not eating other animals and eating fish. Yeah. So. Yeah. I'm a just a mess. No, you're not. Oh my god. That's me. That's my diet. Yeah. No, that's great. Oh, and thank you for bringing me into the, the whole the elimination challenge. Oh, you're welcome. That was quite a that was quite a romp. Yeah, I was a rager. Yeah. No, and we'll get into that like another episode too. I'd love to do something on like what what elimination diets are, and like talking more about that stuff as well. Um, because like Mark said, there are so many different like diets out there and I don't think like diets are bad and I'll get into that a little bit later too. I think like there's all different dietary theories and, and the reason people do those is because they actually do work, but everyone's so different. And so, yeah, like just cause Mark's a pescatarian doesn't mean that it will work for me or work for someone else. Like everyone's so unique. So, because I feel like it's fun to change things up monthly because then you can, you can just have variety because then you get bored. You know what I mean? Is that good? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So I wanted to just, I've already said this, but this is kind of about my health journey, how I got here. And I wanted to start by just discussing, you know, my childhood. And when I was younger, I had really like interesting chronic symptoms, right? And so if, for people who don't know, chronic symptoms are just symptoms that are reoccurring. And, and sometimes they're kind of mysterious and you don't really know why they're there. So I remember when I was six years old, I remember getting the stomach bug, probably like throwing up, you know, a typical stomach bug. And I just remember after that, like lying on my couch and like just shaking, right? Like tremoring. And again, these are memories. So this could have happened very differently, but this is how I remember the childhood um, stuff. You're making it more dramatic than it was? (laughs) I mean, most likely I was shaking on the ground. I was like, I was in the ambulance. (laughs) And no, it's true. I am dramatic though. Um, and so then after that, I remember from like the age six to like 12, having these really, really strange, intense thoughts, right? Like intrusive thoughts. And I would think it would, a lot of it would be around death and afraid that like my family members would die or that I would die. <clears throat> and there's like a funny little, little story. And I'm only laughing at this because, you know, it's my stuff. I'm not laughing at other people who deal with this as, you know, as well. And time and drama. Yeah. Comedy, so. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I remember like, you know, when you were little, you would wear like fancy kind of like elegant sandals with socks. I mean, not all little girls did, but you know, you, I had these like fancy sandals from Payless. And I just remember like thinking like, if I don't wear these socks, like I will die. Like something bad will happen. And it was so, so scary. And obviously now it's like funny to look back on because I have a different perspective, which I'll get to later. But I was just like, mom, like what, what will happen? to me or like you know something something strange would happen I also had like this little like elephant like a plastic figurine I probably got like I won in an arcade and I always had to have that on me or else again something would break out like chaos would break out and so my mom always like she had it in this little baggie for me and I don't think my mother really knew what was going on either none of us really did and and when you're little and you're with your family like there's so much going on that not everyone is fully paying attention to your problems because there's a million things happening and so at that time there was also a lot of like family drama and I remember going into like a therapy session with my family 
And then afterwards, I remember like later on going into like a therapy session by myself. And now that I'm older, I thought that was because I was having all of these these thoughts and crazy things were going on. And then I realized later on that or recently that I was in that therapy session by myself because of like the family trauma as a whole. And so that's interesting to see how, you know, when you're little, you think that everything might be about you. And in reality, it's sometimes it's about different family issues. And uh, that's just really fascinating to me. And so then as I went into my teens, I still had like anxiety and these thoughts, but it wasn't as debilitating as that like period in my like childhood. And at that time, I really got into singing and dancing and performing. I was very shy when I was little. And then I just like got into singing and dancing. And I truly believe that that's why I it was okay that I wasn't in therapy because dance and music and singing really allowed me to express myself. And it's such a physical thing. Like when you're singing or you're moving, it really acts as as therapy. So I was really privileged and thankful that my family was able to like, you know, provide those resources and I got to do activities and be involved in that way. And that was really how I feel like I got through that time. And then I got to like around my early 20s and I was teaching salsa. And one of my students was this girl by the name of Jodi Grimm, who is a health coach. She's now also um, a mental Um, health counselor therapist and she was one of my students and she had done this school that I had previously mentioned the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and I really admired her way of life I was like oh she's so cool like she's eating like healthy like I grew up eating canned foods and boxed mashed potatoes like there was no fresh vegetables fresh meat anything in my household like that's like can you relate to that mark well that's all that's also kind of feels like being 90s children yeah no you're right it's like the the sign of the times yeah like um it's not just that our parents did that because that's Mm -hmm. was like they they just it was was like canned food chef boy rd sloppy joes yeah i'm sure that there are other like people who are more woke like parents Mm -hmm. who are already on like the yoga train being like Mm -hmm. the whole foods before whole foods existed but yeah, it would be a lot of we so, <laughs> and we'd be stoked <laughs> on it. Like, oh Taco yeah, Bell nights. Oh yeah, and um, mm. I'm not sure if this is relatable to other people outside mm-hmm. of Boston, but like roast beef shops are like oh yeah, like Steve's thing. roast beef, Mike's, Mimi's roast Mike, beef. <laughs> Mike's roast beef was like our our thing because my dad Ooh. worked in this area, so there was this thing called like a pizza roll, which would be like a fried. Wow pizza roll mm-hmm. i know are we trying to like get uh no i love that stuff but that's a part of it too <laughs> so yeah we would, we would eat that all the time and i don't remember really like maybe like thanksgiving we'd be like chopping up vegetables or something yeah but no other, same for me other than that it would, it would definitely mm-hmm. like box foods canned foods and fast food mm-hmm. yeah and i'm not like shaming people who like that and, and obviously like that also has to do like with your income and and like multiple other factors so i'm not like shaming people who you you know fast food is your way of life and that's the only thing you can afford i'm just saying how like growing up i only ate burger king like this was just like my i would eat like king size reese's peanut butter cups and i was like a, I was like a tiny thing and like i was like how did my body like how did i get to this age only eating those things mm-hmm. like i have no idea um like maybe that's why i'm so short i don't know no <laughs> it's not really why do you think that um because yeah we do know a lot more about food now and mm-hmm. i only know of one baby mm-hmm. i only know one baby in my life yeah and that's my niece. my yeah. niece and my sister is she sends fo- uh videos of that baby eating all the time and it's yeah. like 
carrots and broccoli mm-hmm. and this baby is eating better than anyone that I know. Yeah. And maybe that's just my sister because my sister's a vegan mm-hmm. and, and she is like all about health. It'd be interesting to have a conversation with her one yeah. day here. But where was I going with this? No, you're, I think what you're saying is like babies. Well, this is the thing. Like it's like we, we want to feed babies well, but then we don't feed we don't feed ourselves the same way we would feed a child. Yeah. Did we? Yeah. But we ate like baby food. Like I guess that's true, too. It's right? like the generational thing because like we ate Gerber baby food. Our poor parents just didn't know. Yeah, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. And it's all. Yeah. Everyone's upbringing is like so, so different. But I think a lot of people that that I grew up with had a very similar. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. canned stuff. And and. um. So that's the that's the 90s children. Yeah. That's we're the sorry. 90s we're sorry children. if you're not a 90s child and you don't remember those foods yeah i was just like burger king i would pretend i was on a burger king commercial i was dipping my chicken tenders my fingers chicken fingers and yeah so this brings me back to jody because it's funny because jody actually didn't have that upbringing but we'll bring her on the show later so she can talk about that i'm not going to get into her life right now um so anyways i was so motivated and inspired by her way of life like mark and i said because we had just such different upbringings and um, and she was had this business as a health coach. So I went into the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And what I really loved about it is that I was learning about many different dietary theories. One week I would be paleo, the next week vegan, the next week vegetarian, and a bunch of other dietary theories that I can't even remember. And you'd kind of practice on yourself for a couple of weeks so you could see how it made you feel. Like I remember going vegan and being like, hmm, I feel very weak. I don't feel um good so i was like okay maybe i do need some meat in my diet it was just a way to excuse me a way to experiment and see uh, what works for you and the founder of the school what i love that he talked about is bio individuality is that each person is unique and is going to need something different and also at different phases in your life like we constantly evolve and constantly change and so i really respected respected that about this school because they were very upfront and honest and he also was saying that health and, and nutrition science is constantly evolving and changing. Like every day you hear something different on the news, on a podcast, in a magazine, whatever. And that's true. It's constantly changing. So maybe something I say today may be relevant and then tomorrow it won't be. And that's kind of, I think it's important to have this like open dialogue. And that's why I really loved going to that school. Uh, and so it opened up this door for me personally and to maybe help be a guide for other people as a health coach. And so I went through that, <clears throat> was really curious in this really great like learning phase. And then I get to around like my mid-20s and I was in kind of like a hard, like a difficult relationship, romantic relationship. And we all, we all go through this or maybe are in it or are going to be in one soon. Um, and I went through this, this period of like waking up every night and one of, it was either, either my right or my left arm would be completely numb and like just tingling. And I was like, yo, like what's happening to me? I do not know what's going on. I was like, is this a panic attack? Like in the middle of the night, I was working at a juice place at that time, like a juice bar. I don't know what to call it. And um, I was also like doing like some heavy lifting. So my doctor was like, maybe it's due to the, you know, the, ac- the physical activity at work. But I was also having really intense um, again, like these intrusive thoughts and it would happen at, during the work, like at the workplace. So I was like very, very concerned. It was, it was strange. And again, reminding you that I was in this kind of like toxic relationship. And then I had gone away. I had planned a trip, um, 
when I had left my previous job. So I was away for a month and that kind of tingling all went away. Um, and, and again, I was away from that, the person I was with and the relationship with. So I came back and eventually got into another job. And one day I was just like searching on Google about like obsessive thoughts or intrusive thoughts. And finally I came across this like um, page and it had like people's um, like photographs and on each photograph, it named their obsessive thought or their ritual, and it said obsessive compulsive disorder. And this was when I was 27, and I was like, oh, so this is at now a name to what I've been dealing with, obsessive compulsive disorder. And I had realized that up until that point, I didn't realize that what I was going through was an actual, there was an actual diagnosis for it. And I felt like a sense of relief and also, it's like it was overwhelming and you kind of feel happy to know that you're not alone. And that's my point of sharing this here, because a lot of people hear OCD and they think, oh, I'm so OCD. I love to have a clean room. And I'm like, ah, like and I don't I don't blame people because we're all learning at different rates and at different times. But OCD is like you can't get out of bed because you're making yourself think of this horrible thought or you have a ritual where you're you're touching things and you can't leave the house until you touch something 17 times or I'll get into that again on another episode because that's very emotional and very serious for many people. So or if you're wearing, if you're not wearing your socks, you'll die. Like, yeah, yeah, like that. Or I don't have my little elephant. Mm -hmm. Or um, I was like, oh yeah, some people will be like, oh, I love these pens need to be in a row, and I'm like, that's not OCD. Like you might, you might have a type A personality, or you like to be neat, which I also share those like qualities. Mm -hmm. So I think there may be even an ov overlap between the two. But it's just funny. Um. But just like we use the word crazy all the time, it's not like, you know, there's a lot of terms in, in like mental health that we still use that might not actually like identify what it truly is, if that makes sense. It's crazy, like not really allowed. I don't know. Like some anymore. people I use crazy just because it's so much a part of like my like vocabulary, mm -hmm. but some people might be like offended by that. So or or maybe like especially like with bipolar disorder like that's true and some people would be like I'm so bipolar and I'm like are you are you diagnosed with mm -hmm, bipolar disorder mm -hmm. or like are you just having mood swings like I don't know so it can get like tricky with that type of stuff um and what did I want to add to that yeah so discovering about that and um then finally I broke up with that that person I was with and I decided to apply, apply to the Peace Corps and Mark was like that's so cliche that you're breaking up and then joining the Peace Corps like you know <laughs> hey don't make me look like the no it's fine <laughs> <laughs> so um but no it's true but I, I I just needed like a big change and I was again fortunate that I was able to to apply to the Peace Corps um where that's coming from is I had very similar thoughts when I broke yeah. up with someone in yeah in, like 2011 Ooh, or something I was, comes out maybe not maybe not peace corps but it was definitely like gotta get out of this city man this city's mm -hmm. got bad vibes um, yeah and so i doubt that's why i brought that up to you because mm -hmm. you had the breakup and then you were like all right leaving the country now yeah uh, <laughs> I, was I was like, like packing my bags yeah but i mean ended up being pretty good for you yeah so, so no but i get what you're saying it was funny and uh, so yeah i had applied and um, the reason I bring this up is because it's a huge like turning point for me. So uh, I ended up getting accepted to or invited to, they say, uh, to this country called Moldova. It's in Eastern Europe, 
between Romania and Ukraine. I had no idea where it was. I was very ignorant. I had no idea. So if you don't know where it is, that's totally fine too. And um, yeah, it was like leading up to, you have to do a lot of like medical clearance and security clearance. And if it doesn't go through, you aren't allowed to go. And you might find out like a month before the departure date. So it's kind of like a, it's a high stress kind of time. You have to get all the medical clearance. I knew I had dealt with anxiety and just discovered that I now had been dealing off and on with OCD and then didn't really include that in my medical history because I didn't want I didn't want to get rejected. I felt I wasn't like ashamed, but I was just nervous because I knew that I, I still wanted to do this. So then about like three months after I accepted the invitation, I was getting these like onset. It's called onset panic attacks where like you get strong panic attacks from out of nowhere. And for those of you who have never felt a panic attack, it basically feels like you're going to die. Like it's like lions are chasing you and your body goes in the fight or flight mode, but actually everything is completely fine around you. And so I ended up seeing like this social worker at my job and she was like, no, you're fine. It's just because you're going to go through this huge transition and and, you know, you're breaking away from the family. And and I do truly believe that a lot of that is was connected to it. Um And I remember uh, I had this one like really bad panic attack with a group of friends and I just started like shaking uncontrollably. And I bring this up again because that's what happened when I was when I was little. And so in that moment, I was like, oh, this is like kind of coming full circle because I hadn't had an episode like that again since I was like a baby or six years old. And um, it was really, really scary. And my friends, like, they sat on the floor with me. They were like, you're going to get through this. It's fine. And eventually it stopped. But it was, like, it was so scary. And then I I brought it up to my two, like, close people in my family. And they were like, you know, you need to go on medication or you shouldn't go into the Peace Corps because that's how bad it was. And um, I just remember thinking, like, hmm, I'm not against medication. Again, this was just my specific journey. But I, I was like, no, like this happened when I was younger. Like this, there's a pattern to this. This is not a coincidence. I don't want to do medication because that's going to take me out of my body. And I want to feel these things or else how am I going to, how am I going to get through it? You know, and that's just my perspective, because if you need, if you're on medication or you need medication, you need to do what's right and consult with your, your doctor, obviously. So I went with my it's gut. called a COA. Oh, yes, yeah. COA. I learned that term. What is it? COA again? Um, cover our asses. Oh, yes, yeah. cover our asses. Yeah, we're not a doctor. We're not, we're not doctors, so. Yes. Again, this is just to, like, help you think out, outside the box and maybe think that you can look um, for, like, other ways of healing, but not to tell you to, like, drop your meds. No, no, no. That's <laughs> no, no, not no. my job. So I went with my gut, and I, I went to Moldova, and um, you know, it was, it was very scary and, you know, my panic subsided, but there were new stressors, right? You arrive to a new country, you don't know the language. Um, you have, you're using outhouses, the food's completely different. Um, basically you eat potatoes, cucumbers and tomatoes and bread in Moldova. Like that's a staple. Those are your staples in the diet, right? And so it was, you know, it was tough on, on the body. And another thing I dealt with before I had left was, again, chronic constipation, which is a fun topic that I love to bring up. Did you say again? Um. So wait, let me tell yeah, you. Did we talk about constipation No, yet? I right. think I. it's always in my head, so I'm always talking about it. So no, it had <laughs> happened before I left, and I kind of dealt with it. And then it showed up big time in Moldova. It was like chronic constipation. And for those of you who have never dealt with this, it is 
it like makes you so sad because you're literally holding in all the toxins that should be coming out of your body and they're building up it's stressing you out you're depressed it's winter in moldova i teach a class i come home i eat a potato like nothing is what's going on right and so um yeah and also during this time which a lot of people can probably relate to this if you're a traveler i had pretty bad food poisoning twice uh, in moldova the second time it was like yikes i was in the i was in the outhouse i should say um like just diarrhea it was bad and i was like you know something has happened like you know when you get sick and then it passes but then you get sick and then you feel like your whole body has changed like you move it's like just strange and Mark is making a face so that might have never happened to him. But like my I gut. I can't come up with a. <laughs> no, you can't lie. If you haven't. I'm, I, I'm so happy you've never gone through that. But it was as if my like my insides were just all over the place. And so then it was like about the Thanksgiving of my second year there. And I got this really like red, painful, itchy rash under my nose. And I was like, fuck, like you've got to be shit at me. Like I can't I can't be doing this. And I, I told my doctor because we luckily had a great doctor there. And she's like, you know, put hydrocortisone cream. And I said, no, I'm not putting that on my face because I looked up online and it says to specifically not put hydrocortisone on this type of rash. I was like identifying it. And luckily, I I actually had been putting it on and then stopped because what happened is you put it on and it band-aids it and then it comes back even worse. So then I finally got to go to a dermatologist. Again, this is in Moldova. And he was like, you have periural dermatitis. And he explained a lot of stuff in Romanian about changing my diet, but that wasn't translated to me by the translator or the interpreter that was with me. But luckily, I know about what I was dealing with and I knew Romanian. <clears throat> so I already knew that I had to make diet changes in order for me to, one, go to the bathroom and two, just like get my mental health back. Um, so I really feel bad for all of my my family and all my Peace Corps, Peace Corps volunteer friends because I would constantly obsessively talk about all of my symptoms because they were very physical and they just bothered me. I wouldn't be able to sleep at night. It was it was pretty difficult. And so I thank them so much for supporting me, uh, especially like my host family. And she would my host mom would always ask me, like, you know, how are your bowel movements? Like she was just amazing. And so I, I had to eventually like go into the capital city and just like buy vegetables, buy my food and just because they would typically provide food, but I wouldn't always have like variety of, of things, especially fiber specifically. So I started to make that change. And I really, this is a pivotal moment because I returned to everything I learned about in my health coaching. Like I was brought back to that time when I actually had been like pretty distant from all of that stuff. And another thing, like I said, because I was talking about it so much with friends, I got into this really negative state. And because in the Peace Corps, you have a lot of downtime. So what did I do with my extra time? Think about this, right? So this is why, again, with the salsa soul food method, it is all about, you know, moving your body, your mental health and what you're eating. And so I was like, okay, at one point, I was like, I need to get out of this headspace that all of these all of these things that are happening to me are, you know, against me. And I had to not like identify with that and just try to find the positive. So I would write like mantras about like positive things and why I was happy, you know, where I was, because I think I felt very guilty for not doing a lot of for not doing more work as a volunteer abroad um, and missing my family and all of those other things that, you know, come with like a big transition in your life. And so I finally was able to get on 
you know, this stable healing path. Um, in another episode too, I'll talk more about periural dermatitis for those who struggle with it. I was put on um, an antibiotic and uh, of course it still did come back and that's where the diet and really changing my lifestyle, I should say, helped me get on that, that, that straight healing path. And I really, yeah, I had to dive into that, like I said, that positive thinking. And something that I really wanted to say in mentioning like my anxiety, my OCD, like those things have not been formally diagnosed, um, but I, I definitely have talked about it with enough people and have, have researched enough to know that, that I deal with that along with some panic at times, like panic disorder. And I'm not talking about these things so that you think of me and you think of those things or that I identify with those things. Those those, if you go through that, it doesn't make you who you are. I'm just using those terms so that maybe you can relate to me. I don't want you to think I like walk around and want you to associate me as someone who's like very anxious because that's not how I see myself. Um, and I come like I, this podcast comes at this time, obviously, because Mark, it was Mark's brilliant idea. Stop it. Yeah, yeah. But also because I, I feel grounded enough now and I feel like I can talk about all these things from a place of empowerment versus complaining or being like sad about it, even though I still have those days and I'm still healing and I always will be. But it's more of I, I love listening to podcasts and hearing those initial stories of people talking about how they got to where they are or maybe a major health crisis, because when I see um, parallels in their lives with my own um, it feels so great and it feels like such a, a great connection. And that's what I want to do here and and to bring to to all of you. And I know that it's a lot and it's just like the beginning. And I think it leaves a lot open so that we can talk about more things in in future episodes. So, yeah, that's that's my health journey and how I got to be here. Um, you know, I wrapped up the Peace Corps and last August I came back to the United States of America and and yeah, I'm ready to, to dive in and to speak more about what I've been through and to also hear more about what others others are going through. And again, you can also find me on YouTube. It's Angela Spignese and my Instagram is Salsa Soul Food, which I think I might have said and I try to post like regularly on there as well. So thank you for for tuning in and um, keep a lookout for the next episode and go ahead and download episodes and subscribe if that's what you do in the podcast world because I'm still new to that. Yeah, we might have to um, add a little <laughs> tag on at the end of where this is going to be. <laughs> this is episode one, so we got to figure all that out. Um, yeah. Hey, great, great job. Thank you. You did. You did great a great job to you. Hey, I thought that um, you needed you needed to be let off the leash a little bit because Instagram. Mm -hmm. What is it like? You can do Instagram TV, but it's like for yeah. thirty seconds or something like that. Well, no, you can do. It can be, I think, up to twelve minutes. But I'm not oh. good with stories because I'm trying to be better about that because yeah. I know that's where a lot of people just go to stories now automatically, mm -hmm. and I'm like a granny who's like posting. <laughs> Yeah, I always felt like you you got into something, you started it, and, mm -hmm. and it, it seemed rushed. It's like, I have this big tale to say in my 30 seconds, and it was just like yeah. over, which is still a good way to, to market mm -hmm. yourself a little bit. But this is this allows you to, to yeah. I mean, you talked for you talked for 40 minutes. Good, good work. Oh, damn. 
Nice. The Salsa Soul Food podcast is hosted by Angela Spignis. Follow her on Instagram at Salsa Soul Food and YouTube at Angela Spignis. It's produced by me, Mark Damon. I edit and mix the podcasts and also wrote the theme songs. You can find us on most popular podcast services like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google. If you like what you hear, please leave a review as it helps people find us. Got a question for Angela? You can write to salsasoulfood at gmail.com and your question could be featured on a future episode. 